in the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today from Mark chapter 4, where Jesus says this, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed onto the ground. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Both as a young boy visiting my grandparents' family farm, and also for the first 12 years or so of my ministry, serving mostly farmers and their children, the middle of June has always been about one thing. And I tell you, it's not Father's Day. The middle of June was about wheat harvest in Kansas. And on Facebook this week, I've watched as those combines go back out into the fields to gather the harvest. One thing I appreciate about serving people who have some experience on the farm is that a lot of those agriculturally based parables in the Bible often translate pretty easily. Just like Jesus' original hearers, for many of them, talk of seeds and growth and harvest is simply the stuff of everyday life. But I must say that some of those parables, if they were told in the modern day, might sound just a little bit different than they were in their original context. Our parable for today is one such parable. Listen to it as Jesus told it. He said, The kingdom of heaven is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, and then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts out the sickle, because the harvest has come. If Jesus were telling this same parable in our day with modern farming implements, perhaps he would have told it just a little bit different. He might have said something like this. The kingdom of heaven is as if a man should go out to drill seed into the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how it is that that soil automatically produces the wheat by itself. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when that grain is ripe, well, at once he sends forth the combines, because the harvest has come. The man mentioned in our parable, no doubt, should first and foremost be understood as Jesus himself. He is the one, after all, who came and perfectly drilled the seed of God's word into the soil everywhere he went. He opened his mouth, and that seed was pushed into the lives of the men and women and children he encountered each day. And yet Jesus was a man like you and I, and so at the end of each day, he went to bed, just like you and me. And while he slept, God the Father was continuing to be at work. He was bringing that seed that Jesus had been sowing, he was bringing it all the way into a harvest. In fact, that seed that Jesus planted during his days on earth continues to grow to this very day. One day, indeed, once all that God has chosen have sprung, excuse me, one day, once all of those whom God has chosen have sprung forward to faith, Jesus will indeed send forth the combines. 
He will send forth the combines driven by his holy angels to gather all of his people up. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like. However, we must realize today that this parable is not simply about Jesus and the work he did while he was in the flesh. For Jesus, as we know, did not remain on earth forever, but instead ascended back to heaven after his resurrection. And when he had done that, he sent forth then his spirit upon his church, that his church might continue that work of drilling seed into the field of this world. And so today we do well to understand that this parable while being about Jesus first and foremost, also has something to say about the work that God has given each of us to do in his church. Yes, he does that work through his pastors publicly on behalf of the church, but he also does that work through each of his people privately as the church. Yes, you and I now are blessed to be that man or that woman who drills the seed of God's word into the ground everywhere we are called to go. We are blessed to push the seed of God's word into the lives of the men, women, and children we encounter. Our parable, along with others, though, makes clear that when we do this work of drilling seed, we should not take to heart what modern agriculture would tell us. And what I mean by that is we are not to only drill seed in the soil that looks best prepared for it. No, instead, we are to drill the seed of the word wherever we can. For we are to trust the Spirit's work of bringing forth a harvest much more than we trust the nature of the soil to bring forth the harvest itself. We simply pray that God the Holy Spirit would give us opportunity and words. And each time that we see that opportunity and have those words, we simply drill the seed. Then we recognize that our work is done. You see, we are not the ones who are to bring forth the harvest. It's not our work. And so we are not going to try to argue people into the faith. We're not going to try to force people to have faith. We're not going to think that we can cause faith by ourselves. Instead, we are simply that man in the parable who scatters the seed. We admit, after all, we don't know how it is that God turns our seed scattering into his kingdom, which grows and produces a harvest. We simply do not understand how that all works. But we do trust that God has promised he will do it. And that means that when and where the Spirit of God produces a harvest, we are not to look back at ourselves and brag on our ability to drill seed. Instead, we are impressed with God, that he brings forth a harvest wherever that seed is planted and grows. He's the one that gets all the glory, not us. We're simply happy that he has chosen us to be a part of the process, as the drillers of the seed. Yes, it is God who produces the harvest, and we are told that on that last day, he will indeed, once the harvest is fully ready, send out his combines to gather all his people to himself. So as we think about our work in the church, 
We should not really try to judge how we're doing by looking at the harvest numbers. We're not to look at the numbers on the attendance sheet or the numbers tallied up from the offering plate to see how it is that we've been doing in the church. Instead, we're simply to ask ourselves, how are we doing at drilling the seed of the word in the fields that God has given us to live in? How are we doing at scattering that seed in the lives of the men, women, and children that we come into contact with each day? I fear that for too long, Satan has scared us into inaction. He has convinced us somehow that if we are not sure how we can actually bring forth a harvest ourselves, that we just shouldn't plant the seed at all. Yes, we often get tricked into thinking that we should not sow unless we know how the harvest will come forth. But the parable makes clear we know not how that works. So you and I, as a congregation together, must be much more focused on the drilling of the seed of God's word than we are in trying to produce the harvest ourselves. We are to be concerned with taking that word of God and spreading it amongst the communities in which we work and live and play. I know that whenever we think this way, we must admit that there is a tinge of guilt inside of us. You see, I know that as a pastor, I don't always do the best job of reaching outside of the bounds of the congregation that's always already established. You as the people of God at times know that you don't always drill the seed wherever God has planted you. So we must turn to our God and reconsider how is it that we might as individuals and congregations reach out with this life-giving seed that Jesus has given to us. For this is what we are called to do. It's what we must do as God's people. Yes, we must do it. And yet, we all know that we have not always done it. I don't know about you, but every time I hear a sermon that calls us to mission work, especially local mission work with the very real people that live around us in our communities, it seems that I leave hearing a sermon like that feeling a little guilty rather than comforted. I suppose you know this guilt as well. You know that at times you've remained silent when you could have spoken. You know that at times you failed to show mercy when you could have done so. You know that you haven't invited people to come and see the wonderful things that God produces here in the assembly of his people. And I know those feelings as well. Because I too at times have remained silent when I should have spoken, have failed to show mercy when I could have. And even as a pastor, I have not always invited people to come and to see the good things that God has given us here. But I trust also that you and I not only know what it is to feel guilt about this, but that we also know what to do with guilt. You see, guilt cannot simply be allowed to drag us down until the point where we simply do nothing. And also, guilt is not a motivation for the work that we have been called to do. We don't go out and do it just because we feel bad that we haven't done it. No, instead, 
The Bible tells us that sin and the guilt associated with it can only be dealt with in one way. It only can be confessed to God for what it is. And so today we must confess to the Lord of the harvest that we have indeed left way too many fields unplanted. We must admit to him that we have not done the kingdom work that God has called us to do always. We must admit to Jesus that we have sinned. But thanks be to God that when we make such a confession, God has promised through his Holy Spirit in his church and because of his son's death and resurrection to forgive us. He has told us that he will remove the guilt of our sins. He assures us that our inaction, well, it's no longer remembered in his sight. He tells us that our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Yes, God forgives us. He forgives us and then he raises us up to newness of life. And that means that he sends you out of this place today with a new heart. And with an open mouth, so to speak, ready to allow the word of God to simply fall into the sea or into the fields where you are called to work. Yes, we go forward today with that simple petition of the Lord's Prayer in our hearts, Thy kingdom come. We go forward, scattering the seed wherever we go, but ultimately trusting God alone to bring forth his kingdom, that harvest. We entrust the kingdom's growth to God. And because of that, after we have done our work, we can go to sleep. And we'll be surprised when we wake up the next day and watch how God has made growth from that seed. How he has brought forward not only the very first part of what comes in a harvest, but that he has brought forward finally that full grain in the ear. Yes, we can go to sleep. Because we know that God is watching over these things. And so we wait for the harvest. We scatter seeds when we have chance and then we wait for the harvest. Knowing that on that last day God has promised that just at the right time. When everything is just perfect for the harvest. When the fields are ripe. He will indeed send in the combines. He will indeed send in the combines and gather up everyone and he has called to himself. Yes, he will send forth his harvester angels to gather all of those who are his. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like. We drill the seed. God causes the growth. And soon, one day, he will send forth the harvesters. He will send forth his angels. And all of God's people will be gathered to him. Oh, how we long for that day. Amen.